Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. It's hard to believe that we're already in February and that 2023 has got off to a significant start. And I'm trusting that as you build your life on the foundation of Jesus Christ, that God will be taking care of you and that this is turning out to be a good year for you. And so we come to episode number seven of our study on the book of Romans. And in the last episode, we began to explore the part that we play in salvation. We learned that because Israel was ignorant of the righteousness of God, they didn't play the part that God had scripted for them. And heaven forbid that we should do the same thing. We need to work with God and play the part that he has scripted for us. And that involves knowing accurately about the righteousness of God. The Israelites were ignorant of the fact that since God is perfect, the righteousness of God is actually perfection. He requires a 100% pass mark. And of course, perfection is impossible for us as humans. And so the only way that we can be perfect is by submitting to God's righteousness, his plan for righteousness, which is bound up in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And submitting to God's righteousness means submitting to Jesus and allowing him to credit us with his perfect record so that when God judges us, he sees Christ's record and not our imperfect one. And that was the part that God intended them to play, to have an accurate understanding of God's righteousness and to submit to it. But being ignorant, the Jews tried to establish their own righteousness. And so instead of playing the part of submission to Jesus, they tried to get into right standing with God by their own work through obedience to the law. We also learnt as a secondary matter that prayer is something that we must also do to partner God in the salvation of others. Let's read now. We're going to start in verse 1 through to the end of verse 13. We'll be looking at 5 to 13 today, but we will start in verse 1. Let me begin. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but it's not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they didn't submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? It says the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is the Lord of all. 
bestow his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is God's word. Now, we began to learn about how to submit to God's righteousness in verses 1 to 4. And there was a a crucial clue in verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And so submitting to God's righteousness involves belief or faith. But what does this faith or belief actually look like? Paul arrived at the topic of faith whilst he was comparing God's righteousness with man's righteousness, and it wasn't a very favorable comparison, was it? He's now going to bring further clarity on how to submit to God's righteousness through belief, and he's going to do it by comparing two alternative ways to righteousness. Number one, the righteousness that is by the law. If you want to be saved by the law, the righteousness that comes from the law, or the righteousness that is by faith, and is another route to salvation. And according to verse 4, the second one, righteousness that is by faith, has superseded or put an end to the first one. We're going to turn now to verse 5. And it's in this verse that Paul explains why verse 4 is true by comparing these two alternative routes to righteousness. And he does so by appealing to some Old Testament scriptures and he quotes the words of Moses Um, as they're recorded in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. One way requires complete obedience to the law and man's great effort. Let's take a look there in verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. And that's a reference to Leviticus 18 verse 5. The first route to righteousness and ultimately salvation is based on the law and the words the person who does not and the person who does the commandments shall live by them are the words of Moses but what do those words actually mean it means that the route to righteousness that is based on the law requires obedience to the law And that's how Paul understood those words of Moses when he quoted them in another one of his letters in Galatians 3 verse 12. Let's have a look at it. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be anyone, everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. Here's the quote. But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. So the context here in Galatians tells us that although obedience to the law is one of the routes to salvation, this route requires us to abide by all the things written in the book of the law and to do them. So that's one of the routes to righteousness and hence salvation. It's by obedience to the law. But by obedience to the law, Paul means complete and perfect obedience and it's impossible. 
and therefore no human being can be justified before God by the law. Now, supposing that one could be justified before God by the law, just imagine how much work it would take. The alternative route does not require enormous effort. This one, salvation that is by faith, righteousness that is achieved through faith, requires faith but not effort. Have a look at verse 6. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That's a quote from Deuteronomy 30.12. That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss. Quote from Deuteronomy 30 verse 13. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But, but what does it say? It says the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. A quote from Deuteronomy 30 verse 14. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. So verse 6 there begins with the word but, because Paul is about to contrast the effort required for the different routes, either by the faith or by the faith or by the law. When Moses said what Paul quotes, he was actually telling the Israelites that discovering God's will isn't arduous because it, it is plainly spelled out by God in the law. There's no need for Herculean effort, like scaling the cliffs um, to get up to heaven or rappelling down into the caves of hell. No, it's been plainly spelt out. The people knew what it was. It was close to them. It was accessible. And in the same way, righteousness by faith does not require great effort to bring Christ down or to bring him up from the dead. Why? Because just as the law was plainly spelt out to the Israelites and was easily accessible to them in their mouths and in their hearts, so too was the word of faith proclaimed by the apostles. But what was this word of faith? Well, it was the good news, wasn't it, about Jesus, the gospel message that we can be put right with God and saved by faith. So, Salvation by the law requires massive effort, and it's impossible. But the way shown by Paul and the apostles does not require massive effort, because all it requires is faith alone. But let's have a look at this faith now in more detail, because we need to understand it a little bit more clearly. So verse 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. What is he saying here? He's saying that faith in Jesus is confessed verbally by this simple declaration. Jesus is Lord. And that affirmation was probably used by the early church at baptism. So when you were being baptized before you went in, under the water, you declared to everybody, Jesus is Lord. But a mere verbal declaration or confession, that isn't enough to be saved. There needs to be a corresponding belief in the heart. The Bible conceives of the heart as the center of one's being. It's the, it's the seat of your will and your emotions and your mind and your thinking. 
And so belief in the heart is going to manifest in all of those different areas. It's going to manifest in your emotions, in your spirit, in your thinking, in your will. So there is a verbal declaration of what has actually happened in the heart. That's what saying Jesus is Lord. It's, it's a, a verbal declaration of what has happened in the heart. But what is it, folks, that we believe? Well, he says there, doesn't he? If you say in your heart, believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead. That is, a, that is what we believe. We believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And the fact that, that God raised Jesus from the dead is actually crucial to our salvation. Why is it crucial? Well, it's because if, if God had not raised Jesus from the dead, it wouldn't have meant that he was, it would have meant that he wasn't an acceptable sacrifice. He wouldn't have been perfect as God is perfect. But because he was raised from the dead, we know that he was perfect and that he was an acceptable sacrifice to die in our place. And so his perfect record be credited to us as righteousness. So can you see just how little effort salvation by faith cost us? Because all it takes is to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Jesus did all the heavy lifting. He was the one who went to the cross to die in our place. Let's learn some more about this confession and this belief in verse 11. It says, therefore, Scripture says, everyone who believes or everyone who trusts in Jesus will not be put to shame. That's a quotation from Isaiah 28, verse 16. And Paul has used that quotation before. You might recognize it in chapter 9, verse 33. The original quote talks about God having laid a foundation in Jerusalem. And that is a reference to Jesus. And so belief in Jesus implies trust in him as the foundation of our lives. Folks, if you have confessed Jesus as Lord with your mouth and believe God raised him from the dead, then evidence of that will be seen in the fact that you are building your life on the foundation of Jesus. There will be an indication on the outside of the change that has happened on the inside through faith. You will be trusting in Jesus. You will be believing in Jesus as the foundation for your life. So what we're going to do now is we're just going to compare what we've learned so far about the two routes to righteousness. Let's have a look at this table. The righteousness by law means uh, that the uh, according to the righteousness by law, the law was easily accessible. Righteousness by faith, Christ and his gospel are easily accessible. Then it takes a massive effort on our part to be put right with God through the law and it's impossible. But righteousness by faith took massive effort on Jesus's part. Righteousness by the law to be saved, we need to obey the law completely and perfectly, to have always done it, to be doing it currently and to do it in the future. Uh, 
But righteousness by faith says that to be saved, we must trust in Jesus, confessing him as Lord and believing in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. But, but let's see if we can add one more row to this table. Verse 11 tells us that righteousness by faith is for everyone. This is excellent news. Look at verse 11. The scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. And then Paul explains that verse in, in, in verses 12 and 13. He says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Notice, notice here that the righteousness by faith is available to both Jews and Greeks. And when he uses the word Greek here, he's referring to Gentiles. So basically, he's referring to everybody here. Jews and Greeks covers everybody in mankind. The righteousness by faith is available to everyone. Why? Because Jesus is Lord of both Jews and Gentiles. Jesus is Lord of every human being. However, it says that Jesus only bestows his riches the riches that accrue to us due to being saved to those who call upon him. We only qualify for those riches if we will call upon him. Why? Because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And just notice the emphasis here on the need to call on Jesus. That word is repeated twice in those two verses. What does it mean to call on the name of the Lord. Well, it means that we appeal to Jesus to save us in accordance with who he is and in accordance with what he's done. He is a kind and merciful God. That's why we turn to him. But he's also done the heavy lifting when he died on the cross. And so on the basis of that, we call to him in accordance with his name. So let's just add to our table of faith. You can see there that righteousness by the law was only available to the Jews. Righteousness by faith was available to anyone or is available to anyone and everyone. Just in conclusion then, to be saved, we must trust in Jesus. Confess him as Lord, believing in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. And that is the part that we play in salvation. That is the route that we need to be on. Some discussion questions. They're going to be up on your screen, so I suggest that you just pause the video whilst you look at these, um, think them through, discuss them amongst yourselves. Number one, which route to righteousness have you been on? Have you been trying to get saved? by your own efforts. Number two, is it right to say Jesus did all the heavy lifting to get saved? Why is that a correct statement? Number three, since Jesus did all the heavy lifting to get us saved, does this mean that following Christ requires only a little effort? Explain your answer. And then number four, since salvation is available to everyone and anyone, what does this say about the value, value of people 
belonging to a different race do you need to change? I'm praying that you have a great time together and that you are transformed by these amazing truths. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Cheers for now and look forward to moving on to episode 8 in the near future.